First reading is from Acts chapter 8, starting at verse 26, and it's on page 1101 in the Bible if you want to follow it. Now, an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, the desert road, that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out, and on his way he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of of all the treasury of the Kandake, which means Queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and on his way home he was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah, the prophet. The spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you're reading? Philip asked. How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me? So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. This is the passage of scripture the eunuch was reading. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, Tell me, please, who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? Then Philip began with with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. As they travelled along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, here is water. What can stand in the way of me being baptised? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and Philip baptised him. When they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away, and the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Philip, however, appeared at Azotus and travelled about, preaching the gospel in all the towns until he reached Caesarea. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The gospel reading can be found on page uh, 1083. It's John chapter 15, verses 1 to 8. Hear the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. The vine and the branches. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, 
thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, you are the vine and we are the branches, created to be connected to you. Help us to hear and respond to your word so that we may bear much fruit. Amen. Please do sit. I wonder how you stay connected to other people. For those of my generation, it's a very different world. And I reflected upon that when I was a child, my father was taken ill in Oxford in the war. And the way we heard was by telegram. We had no phone. Phone boxes were at the end of the road, button A, button B. You had to have cash to do that, all of those things. I remember when mobile phones were the size of bricks. I remember when I drove and broke down. There was no means unless you walk to a phone box. You had to know where you were. I broke down once on the Limberis Pass going to Snowdon. So you had to know where you were without any of the aids that we have today. I remember um, getting caught on the motorway coming back from Northampton where my family are. And the queue was so long they asked me to ring after an hour and a half when I should be back. And I was stuck in traffic for an hour, so I had to come off the motorway, go into a little chef, and ring them. How different it is today. We have smartphones, computers, social media, MySpace, Twitter and Facebook, and a load more. Staying connected is a very different, uh, in a very different place. But some of the things are the same. In the way that we stay connected, how do you stay connected with those closest to you? Do you visit people personally? Do you keep in touch? I still have connection, well, I meet regularly and keep in touch with two school friends. A long, long time of relationship. But relationship needs to be worked upon. It doesn't just happen that I have friends because we keep in touch. We are there for each other in the good times and in the difficult times. And it's wonderful to have that support of my friends, of my family, and of my church family. We need to stay in touch. We need to know and, and share 
What is it that's happening in our lives that we need prayer for? And that's why I'm so passionate about that you can get in touch with me when you are in that place of need. Please use that because it's very special to me to be able to give time to that. So stay connected is where we are going. So today, the passage, I am the vine. Now in John, there are seven sayings of I am. And perhaps the most familiar one is I am the light of the world. Maybe I'm the bread of life. Today, perhaps a less familiar one, but altogether important, I am the vine. So in chapters 14 to 17 of John's Gospel, we have what we call the farewell discourses given to Jesus, given by Jesus to the 11 disciples immediately after the Last Supper in Jerusalem, the night before his, his crucifixion. That's why they're called farewell discourses. And he is preparing them for his leaving them in a physical way. I am the true vine. Now the Jews were used to thinking of the vineyard as representing the people of Israel. Psalm 80 verses 8 to 11. You transplanted a vine from Egypt. You drove out the nations and planted it. You cleared the ground for it. And it took root and filled the land. The mountains were covered with its shade. The mighty cedars with its branches. Its branches reached as far as the sea. It shoots as far as the river. They use the image of the vine in so many different ways in scripture in the Old Testament. And of course it's also in the New Testament. And above the temple when they went in, there was a picture of the vine across the door. Reminds me of Westminster Abbey where we have the 20th century martyrs as we go through the door. That visual experience. And it was also used in coinage as well, that the picture of the vine was on the coins. So you couldn't get away from the vine. And grapes were an important export for the economy. So in this, I am the vine. God the Father is the vine dresser. Jesus is the vine. And we are the branches. The fruit to be born is not specified. Now, pruning the branches, the Greek word translated here by pruning, can also mean to cleanse, to purify. And as every branch will be pruned, all of us 
can expect to experience this cleansing. So Jesus says, remain in me. Also can be expressed, abide with me. Live in me. It's important that we remain in Jesus. So to abide in the vine means to be united to Jesus. That's the connection. To rely on Jesus, that's the dependence. And to remain in Jesus, that's the continuance. We cannot do anything on our own. And as Christians, we only grow spiritually if we stay connected to Jesus. In the old order, the image of the vine, the cleansing and the pruning came through the words and ritual of the law and the adherence to its precepts. In the new order, the image of the vine, the cleansing and the pruning would come through Jesus, the living word. He came from heaven to earth to dwell amongst us. So Jesus said, I am the true vine and you are the branches. And he tells us God takes care of us just as a gardener takes care of their garden. So if you think about gardens and what we need to prune, so if you leave a rose, it will develop seven leaves instead of five, which means that has to be cut out. And to have flourishing roses, you have to prune the rose. It's the same with trees and with shrubs. They become spindly and it's bits of dead on them and they need to be cleansed because they're bugs on them and all of those things. I wonder if anyone here has seen the vine at Hampton Court Palace. Good. A few of us, lovely. Because for me, that is very expressive as an illustration of the I am the vine. So the vine you can see at Hampton Court Palace Gardens, and it was planted by Capability Brown in 1768 from a cutting taken at Valentine's Mansion in Essex. Now in 19, uh, in 1887, it was four foot around the base, and today it is 13 foot around the base. Yes, it is still living. And that is due to the care and the pruning, the cultivation. Amazing that that is what happens when you look after that vine. We are the branches and we are strengthened in Christ and through abiding in him we bear fruit. Fruit bearing 
and non-fruit-bearing branches grow rapidly and, as I said earlier, must be carefully pruned. If there is to be a large quantity of fruit, the fruitless branches must be removed as well as the shoots that grow on the fruit-bearing branches. In first-century Palestine, it was common to prevent a vine from bearing fruit for three years after it was planted. In the fourth year, it was strong enough to bear fruit. Its fruit-bearing capacity had been increased by the careful pruning. Mature branches which had already been through the four-year process were pruned annually between December and January. Jesus said his followers were like mature branches that bore fruit but needed pruning. There is no such thing as a fruitless Christian. Every Christian bears some fruit. You may have to look very hard to find even a small grape. But if you are looking long enough, you will find something. So what do we need to be pruned in our lives? What is it that's preventing our growth in our lives? Now we are not told in this passage what fruit to bear, but when we receive Christ, he gives us the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit produces fruit in our lives. You'll all be familiar with the verse from Galatians chapter 5. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. When Philip was made a deacon... He was full of the Holy Spirit, tells us that in Acts 6, um, 3. This means he was filled with the fruits of the Spirit that I have just mentioned. And in our first reading today from Acts, Philip was open to the Spirit's direction. Philip hears the Spirit's call and led by an angel responds he was already busy he was ministering in Samaria but the angels told him to go south on the road the desert road that leads from Jerusalem to Gaza he goes he leaves what what he's doing he's not too busy to go He does not know what will happen on that journey. Amazingly, Philip meets an Ethiopian eunuch by running up to his chariot. He's obviously young enough to do that. (laughs) The eunuch is spiritually hungry as he makes the pilgrimage to Jerusalem where he's reading the book of Isaiah. The account in this passage reveals the importance of 
three things. The word of God, understanding the word of God, the Holy Spirit's leading, and a human evangelist that brings the good news and can explain the scripture. There are many elements of God's providence and intervention in the story of the Ethiopian eunuch. The spirit of the Lord had been preparing the eunuch's heart to receive the gospel. And as the eunuch read Isaiah, he began to ask questions. And at just the right moment, the Lord brought Philip across his path. This was not a coincidence. This was of God. The field was ripe for harvest and Philip was God's laborer in the field. There was no coincidence. It was God's plan from the very beginning and Philip was obedient to hearing God's voice. Philip is a great model for us. He runs to the chariot, he jumps down into the water, he is snatched up by the Spirit for more work elsewhere, and the newly baptized eunuch goes on his way rejoicing. So we are to abide in Jesus, the true vine, who encourages us to go out and share the good news of Jesus with others through the leading of the Holy Spirit. So today the readings provide us with the opportunity to reflect on our spiritual progress and our connection to Jesus. So how is our relationship with Christ, the true vine? Are we still living in him? Are there things in our lives that need to be cut away, to be cleansed? What fruit are we bearing, bringing forth in Christ? Bearing fruit in Christ means growing spiritually and affecting others positively. Are we tuned into the leading of the Holy Spirit and sharing our faith with others? Every Christian is a witness called to share the good news of Jesus. Whether we like it or not, that is what we have signed up to. The words of Acts 1.8 say, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria, in Harrowweald, in London, and to the ends of the earth. Now as we think about Archbishop Welby and his, um, we started this last year as Jody shared this morning, 
about the importance of prayer and of lifting people, bringing them to Jesus. Let's really grasp that as something that we do between, uh, well, we can do it all the time, but particularly make that commitment between Ascension and Pentecost to bring before Jesus those who we know that are not Christians and to share everything that we can with people at the bus stop, in the doctors, all of those places, to pray that his Holy Spirit will fall afresh on those we meet. Now, how do we stay connected? How do we abide in Jesus? How do we remain in him? Well, there are lots of things. And um, to share a few of those, prayer, to remain in him through prayer. Why not try coming on a Thursday? Sorry, not this week, but early every week of the year we meet and we pray and we learn and share together something more about Jesus. We do that in the fellowship groups. If you've not tried it, why not try it? Come along on Tuesday um, to 58 Warham Road. Two, even. 52 Warham Road. Thank you. I know the house. Isn't it funny how you don't always grasp the number? Thank you that you're here. Neighbour might get a shop. (laughs) And our reading... Yes, Bible reading is important, not just when we do it here, but when we do it every day. Speak to Trevor, get on the Bible reading list and uh, have that aid of help. Come to worship every opportunity that you can. Why not try Tuesday? Uh, Again, check the dates, but usually it's the second Tuesday. It's not this time. Um, But do come. And then maybe stay to tea in the afternoon as well and do some sharing of your faith there. Come to worship and receive the sacraments. This is where we are encouraged and blessed. All of the above, and there are many more things, help us to remain in Jesus. Here we bear good fruit that endures because he lives in us and he feeds us daily. We come to St. Michael's to be fed in word and sacrament that we may bear fruit, the fruit that will last. So when we welcome the stranger, we visit the sick, we give to the needy, we bring food for the food bank. When we serve in whatever God has called us to do, each of us here has their own vocation and ministry. If you're not sure what that is, then speak to Jodie or myself. Be encouraged that you have a vocation and ministry. And... 
we give thanks really, I think for today, of how many people have prepared for this service and are part of that in, in giving a particular ministry. And we thank you, Kath, today especially. Um, because we know that Robert can't be here and he's, you know, it's just wonderful to me how God gives all that we need. Keep praying and keep praying for that growth in ministry and in gifts. So whatever the ministry is to which God has called us, we are beacons of light bearing good fruit as ambassadors of Christ. As we ponder the relationship God wants us to have with him and the fruit he enables us to bear. Perhaps we can pray with St. Ignatius. Lord, I want and I choose whatever better deepens your life within me. I'm going to finish with a prayer which is adapted from the Aberdeen worship. God of love, plant us in the soul of your grace. Nurture us with the strength of Christ, the vine of everlasting life. Enlighten us with the wisdom of your spirit, which flows through us today and all days. Abide in us, that we may abide in you and live in your love. In your holy name we pray. Amen.